0: No, first year I didn't preach that. But anyway, I'm going back to that. I was, I was looking up something. Some of y'all probably know it, and, and uh, I Googled this. You know, sometimes you can Google things, and, and I Googled how many times does a person have to hear something before they get it or start acting upon it. And so one of it was the rule of seven, that you have to see it and hear it seven times before you get it. We know, we know some of us, we have to have it more than that. And so another, uh, another spot in there said this. It said, we, uh, here's what they said. We say that someone needs to hear a message 14 times before we'll, they will take action based on the message called effective frequency. They have to hear it 14 times before they take action to it. And you say, well, what is that telling you? I said, it tells me I need to preach more messages the same. And you know the thing about it is is, is uh I was uh, I encourage everybody to read your Bible. You're to read a chapter a day anyway, at least a chapter. And uh, so you know I I started back in Matthew and and start reading back in Matthew again and and uh, I'm not I decided I'm not going to read it on my iPad. I'm going to read it in my Bible. And uh, of course I have one at home. Keep one here. Same same kind of type of Bible. And, uh, reading in it today, I was reading in it, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, listen to me. I'm reading the, the word, and I'm sitting here underlining stuff, and I've read it, no telling how many times I've read the New Testament. And I'm sitting here underlining stuff in that, that's sticking out to me and jumping out at me and ministering to me. And, uh, so you can never, you can never exhaust the wisdom in the word. And it's always trying to bring you up a level. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then the, 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 the degree of our faith or the size, the, the, this do not even sound right, but the size of our faith is going to depend on, upon the word that we know. And uh, because the Bible says there's a shield of faith. A shield of faith. I thought about that one time when it talks about the shield of faith and the armor of God. And I thought about that thinking, well, how big's my shield? If my shield, if faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, and we have a shield of faith, how big's my shield? Well, I want my shield to be a circumference all the way around me. And uh, The the uh, Passion Bible actually says that of that particular uh, part in that, that, that that shield of faith would be something that's a circumference all the way around you. And so I want to talk again about looking ahead, and I want to read John 10.10 10 again. Now, I know this church has got this figured out. We've got this one figured out. We need to get this figured out. And it says this in John 10.10, it says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You know, we at Word of Life Family Worship Center understand who the thief is, correct? We know who he is. Jesus said who he was. He comes to steal. Well, the number one thing he said, you know, can I just ask you a question? You don't have to shout it out or nothing. I'll answer my own question. But what does he come to steal? The number one thing is the word. Jesus talking in Mark chapter 4 about the sower sows the word. He said when the word is sown, the devil comes immediately to steal that word. He tries to get the Word. Why? Because the weapon that we, the, our greatest weapon that Jesus used as demonstration in Luke chapter 4 was the Word of God. Every time the devil brought a temptation against Jesus, Jesus would always say it was written. And he would say what was written. Listen, we can say it's written all day long, but if we don't follow up with what's written, there, there's no power in that. So we've got to understand the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy... I have come that they may have life and that they may have it in abundance, the the Amplified says, till it overflows. So we can have life, but we got to understand who tries to steal from us. It's not God. I said it's not God. God don't try to steal from us. He don't try to kill from us. He don't try to destroy from us. He literally wants to give us life, abundant life. That word life is actually zoe. I mean, knows what Zoe means. It means the God kind of life. God, he said, I came that you may have life. The word Zoe means life that is real and genuine. A life active and vigorous, devoted to God. Life that comes directly from God. And so God wants us to have a life, a good life, and then he says, more abundantly. That word abundantly, some of you might not have been here Sunday morning. I think I read this definition. That word abundantly means superabundance. It means excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, more than sufficient. God wants to give us that kind of a life for us every single day. You know, it's a part of our covenant. God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. In fact, he said, you'll act for nothing. He said, I'll supply your every need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So I'm telling you, God wants us to have a blessed life. What we need to do is find out who in the world is trying to keep us from that life. What's trying to stop us from living a long, satisfied life? What's trying to stop us from, from uh, uh, having all our needs met and paying our bills? There's nothing There's nothing worse than, uh, uh, and I, I speak at through experience, there's nothing worse than having not enough money in a week to make it to the end of the week. Yeah. I imagine most of us have experienced that at some point in time in our lives. And I'm telling you, God, that's not God's will for our lives. He wants you to have more than enough. God actually said, "When you give, He'd get between you and the seed eater, the devourer, which is the uh, the seed eater or the destroyer." And so we understand the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter five, verse eight. I know Kathy's up there. I'm I'm, I'm trusting her to put punch that up there real quick. She's 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 quick on that. I think. 1 Peter chapter five. I really wasn't going to read this tonight, but I feel encouraged to praise God. It says, "Be sober." Be vigilant because here's why you need to be sober. That's watchful, alert. And uh, you said that means we ought not be on, on uh, drinking Budweiser. Well, that's really not what it's talking about. It's talking about you got to be alert and vigilant. You got to be watchful because if we're not careful, we will assume that everything that goes on in our life just has to be God. See, some people feel that way. Just everything that happens has to be God. After all, He's God Almighty. He's the Creator. He can stop anything He wants to stop, or He, but see, here's where most people miss it is this, and I, listen, I don't know why I'm ministering this way tonight, but the thing about it is, the, the, we say, well, if God was really God and He really loved us, then why does bad things happen? Listen to me. Jesus said this, He said, right here, He said, be sober, be vigilant, for, because you're adversary. Who's adversary? Whose? Come on, help me out a little bit. Who's the adversary? We all got an adversary and we got the same adversary. Yeah. And our adversary, and then he says this, our adversary, who? Yeah. The devil. Our adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. See, that tells you this. He just can't devour everybody. He seeks around, walking around, uh, uh, looking for prey. And so when we look at things, we have to realize this. Listen, I'm not going to get all uh, uh, upset at this uh, or situation. I'm going to get upset at the devil when certain things are coming, and I'm going to use my faith to stand against him. In fact, next verse, verse 9. Resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. In other words, he's saying that you're not the only one that's went through some things, and you're not the only one that's been tacked with some things like you are. Everybody's going to suffer or deal with certain situations in your life, but you need to find out where it's coming from. Because Jesus said this, he said, you can stop or you can permit Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And I have discovered this about the devil. He will try, and I, this is not a praise for the devil, understand this, because I don't give him no glory, no honor, or no, no credit for anything. We just put him in his place. But the thing about it is got to understand the devil loves to deal with you on a daily basis if you let him. You say, you mean that we're going to have to deal with the devil every single day? Well, you know, Jesus dealt with the devil nearly every day he walked upon the planet Earth, but there was a season the Bible said that he left him. After he returned from the Spirit in Luke chapter 4, the Bible says the devil left him for a season. There was a time that the devil left him. And I'm telling you, he's still walking around on planet Earth. He knows where Grosbeck at. He knows where Mahea's at. He knows where Thornton's at, if you believe it or not. He knows where Olitha's at. Y'all figure that out? He kind of knows where that place is, don't he? And so the thing about it is, when we start looking at this, we, we realize, listen, God wants us to have a blessed life and the devil wants to keep us from it. But we can re- use our authority over him. In fact, the Bible says, uh, it says that uh, uh, Jesus Christ was manifested that he might destroy or dissolve the works of the devil. That's in 1 John 3.8. And so when we look at this, and, and you've got, uh, you got Acts chapter uh, 10, verse 38, where it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and, and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. By the devil. And so everything that we see Jesus, when you read the, 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 the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's the Gospels, and everything that you saw Jesus doing, we all know he raised the dead, he, he, uh, he uh, opened blind eyes, he opened deaf ears, he, he, uh, he literally done all kinds of miracles in that, and he was undoing something. He was undoing what the devil had done. Listen, we, we can't get it in our minds that, listen, uh, Jesus is, is just Jesus never undone anything God did. He never undone anything that God did he said, I always do those things that please him. I remember Ronnie and Sharon telling the story about, about them bought, their, bought, bought Brian and Jamie a, a swing set. Took, and I don't know if anybody in here has ever put a swing set together, but it's a nightmare. And Brian, he, Jamie wasn't born yet. So, and they put it all together, got it all out, and went out there, and Brian had done, took it all apart, undone everything that he did. <laughs> took it apart. Well God's not undoing nothing that God I mean uh, Jesus didn't undo anything God did but he undone everything the devil was doing. In fact, he done undone it to a point Elijah that when he was he was called the second Adam. I don't know why I'm saying all this. The second Adam in Romans chapter 5, he talked about the first Adam all died in in, in, in under the uh, under what Adam did, but all was made alive under what Jesus did. I'm getting to the point of this. Every single one of us has a mind. And there's your battleground. And there's your battleground. The devil will try to torment your mind because if he can torment you in your mind, he can pretty well have control. And when Paul said this in Philippians, we read this uh, Sunday morning. Let's read it again. Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. He said in verse 12, he said, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren... I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. One thing I do. What did he say the one thing he does? Well, forget those things. I don't know why I'm taking this route, but the thing about it is the one thing, I've, the one thing I know about the, uh, the enemy, and I have understand my enemy, is the fact he always wants you to keep hanging on to that one thing that you need to do. And he tries to keep us in bondage to whatever... You've heard me say this so many times, but you have no idea how many people that I, I see that all they can think about, all their, their, whole, their whole lives are controlled about yesterday. Controlled about yesteryear or things that I've heard people talk about and sit there, uh, uh, talk about things that happened to them 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And I'm talking about even talk about things that they, that, that happened or something in their childhood. It's something they never let go of. It's something they never forget. They never, they never get over. They never get victory over. Listen to me. I'm here to tell you right now, you can get victory over anything in your life, it don't matter what it is. Let me tell you something. Paul, uh, his his history was not uh, all flowery. I'm telling, you, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He uh, he was a religious scholar. He did all this stuff like that. But he also was a was a uh, 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 dist- uh, uh, he was very destructive to the church, the body of Christ. He thought he was doing God a favor by taking men and women out of their homes, separating them from their families, and and, and literally uh, imprisoning them. He thought it was a, a doing God a favor when he stood and held the garments of the individual that was stoning Stephen, cheering them on. He thought he was doing God a favor in all those things until God got a hold of his life, until Jesus manifested himself to him on the road to Damascus. And when God manifested himself on the road to Damascus, I'm tell, let me tell you something. Paul had some baggage coming along with it. Paul, Paul had some baggage, but he understood. Paul literally got a hold of the message of the power in the blood. He got a hold of the revelation that the power of the blood had cleansing power in it and it had forgiving power in it and that God would literally wipe the slate clean in your life and he got a revelation of that. And so he could say this, I I believe he said this because this, because I guarantee the devil was on a constantly trying to remind him of what he did. How many times do you think Paul had to cast down the imagination of Stephen standing there being stoned and him congratulating them as they do it? How many times? I bet he had to do it time after time after time. And he knew this. Uh, uh, all them all them screaming babies and all them screaming children and all them screaming wives and husbands was dragging out of their house. I guarantee you the devil would tell him, Paul, you remember all that? Look at what you did. And here, who do you think you are? Paul? Here's what Paul knew. He said, I don't think I know who I am. I know who I am. I am a new creation in Christ. Here's what he said. And Paul wrote this by the Holy Ghost when he wrote, am I preaching too fast? Paul wrote this by the Holy Ghost when he wrote 2 Corinthians 5:17 when he said if any man be in Christ he is a new creation old things are passed away behold all things have become new and then he said now all things are of God I'm telling you something Paul had to deal with some things and I guarantee you listen there was probably there was he probably throughout his whole life he probably still had to cast down those imaginations. You remember in 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 10 where he said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against uh no, that's in Ephesians chapter 6, but he said for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of stronghold. Listen, he understood that the devil will try to get a stronghold in your mind to make you feel like you're, you're, you're not worthy to serve God or that no, nothing's ever going to get better for you because of your life or what happened in your life. He's a liar. He's trying to pull those thoughts and keep badgering you with those thoughts and Paul said there's one thing I do I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things which are ahead you cannot go forward looking back or being condemned with what's coming and going through your mind you have to decide, bless God, I will cast it down. How do you do that, pastor? Every time that thought you said, I cast that down in the name of Jesus. And we it, Listen, what the devil may be bringing up may be true. You might have really went through that. You might have really done that. But praise God, under the blood, God has no knowledge of it. He has no record of it. God's so good, in fact, he told us that we should not keep record of a wrong done to us. He said, "You do should not keep a record of what's been wrong, wrong, wronged you." So, because I'm telling you what, when you decide I'm not going to keep a record, eventually that record or that wrong will be literally uh, 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 get uh, 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 further and further and further away from your mind. I've had people come up and ask me before. You remember when we? I said I hadn't. I don't. I don't, I guess I just put it out of my mind. That's what forget means to put out of mind. And so here Paul is saying there's one thing I do and he had to do this. You said, Pastor, how many times do I have to cast that thing down? As many as it takes. I said, as many as it takes. You said, well, I'm tired of casting it down. Well, there you go. He got you. He's a persistent old cuss. I guarantee it. But you've got to understand, if you're going to enjoy abundant life, it's hard to uh, 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 enjoy the abundant life when you're tormented up here. That's why Isaiah says, 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, on God. Trust in the Lord, for in Yahweh there's everlasting peace. So I'm here to tell you, God wants us to realize that, Bless God, He's for us, He's not against us, but we have to decide, I am going to do this one thing. I am going have you ever just have you ever just been minding your own business and all of a sudden a crazy thought come up. Yep. Just minding your business, driving down the road. This't eat lunch. This't going go to work. And all of a sudden some old crazy thought comes up. And and he'll even try to drag a past in there, but he'll bring some old crazy thought up there. You say, well, what do you do about that? Cast it down. You know, I believe in pleading the blood, believe in the power of the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. You know, you'd be good to do that. Say it with me. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, I've had more, I've talked to more people that their torment in their mind are just unreal. Listen, I have to deal with those things too, different things, not, not, on the, not, not on the level that some people do, but the thing about it is, the reason I don't is because I kind of learned what to do. Learned what to do. And you know, I like what Mark Hankins says, if we, if, we, if we don't open our mouths, we'll lose by default. Huh? If we don't show up, we'll lose. And so our faith has to show up. So he said, there's one thing I do. I, I just forget those things which are behind. And he said, I keep reaching forward to the things which are ahead. How many believes you've got something ahead? You've got to believe you got... Listen, if, there, if there's nothing ahead, why reach? We've got something ahead of us, something far better than what we've ever experienced before. I believe this year has got something for us Far better than we have ever experienced up to this point in our lives. You said what is it is I don't know. What do you believe in God for? What are you desiring? What's in your heart? What are your dreams? You know, you just have to decide, listen, I am not going to live a tormented life. I am going to live a blessed life and I'm going to have supernatural peace flowing in my life. Listen to me. There's nothing worse than to lay your head at night in worry and wonder and and dread and then toss and turn all night long when God says he gives his beloved sweet sleep. I look at it like when your head hits that pillow, you are to be, well, I ain't going to say snoring, but you are to be sleeping. Is that right? Sometimes we just have to say, God, I thank you for the peace of God over my mind as I sleep. I plead the blood of Jesus over my dreams. How many's ever had stupid dreams? Call it pizza dreams. I found out it ain't pizza dreams because I've ate pizza before and didn't have them. I woke up before and think, where in the world did that come from? And the devil will try to bring fear on you in a dream. Next thing you know, you'll wake up in a, in a in a cold sweat, and you're thinking, "Oh my God!" And and, and you'll think, "Isn't it amazing how how fear can come into your try to come into your life just through a dream?" And I'm telling you, you can you need to wake up and and and, and plead the blood. I, I remember years ago, years ago, I was just a baby Christian. I didn't know hardly nothing. I'll put it this I didn't know nothing. I mean, I was reading the Bible and stuff. But I'm telling you, when you're a baby Christian, you can read the Bible, Bible and you still don't get, have a, much understanding of it. And uh, you have to keep reading it and seeking the Holy Ghost, stuff like this. But I remember uh, laying down one night and, and uh, I, when I, every time I'd close my my eyes, I would see, see this hideous, uh, uh, demonic type thing. And it was just, I'm talking about, it. I'd shut my eyes and I'd open them back up like, my God, I ain't shutting my eyes again. I mean, I closed my eyes, and there, it, well, I mean, it would just be right there. And it, uh, Fear. I mean, it was just t- fear. And uh, and uh, so when I, sh- I shut my eyes. Now, this had to be the Holy Ghost. I shut my eyes, and there that thing was again. And I, in my dream, I said, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. And that thing instantly vanished. I woke up, nudged, landed, and said, what does rebuke mean? I mean, I'm a baby Christian. I am on know nothing. And I'm nudging her saying, what does rebuke mean? And she's trying to have sleep, trying to explain to me what rebuke means. All I know is in, in my dream, I saw myself just say, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus, and it just vanished. Praise God. If that will work in your dream, it's sure going to work in, 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 in your everyday life. Amen. I heard Brother Hagen get up. He said, "Well, I just want to tell let the devil know I'm not going to get no swine flu. I'm not going to get any flu. The flu, I will not get the flu in Jesus' name." And a preacher told him, "I would be very careful about what you say. The devil devil is hearing you." He said, "Well, that's the very person I want to hear it." Honey, listen. God didn't call us to tiptoe around the devil. He called us to stand our ground against him with no fear. Listen, when you know you're, you're, you're. uh, uh, I heard, I heard, uh, uh, Joel Osteen saying this. I was listening to him. uh, I turn him every now and then. I'll turn him on in my truck and I'll just listen to him preach for a while. And uh, he he can sure he can stir you up. I mean, he can build you up. He can sure give. I mean, he's an encourager. And he said, it's, it's kind of, life is some, kind, of, some, kind of like sometimes, uh, if you like sports, and he, he used football, he, cause he likes football. And he said, I'll record a football game. I'll record that game and, and, uh, and the worst thing, the thing I don't want anybody to tell me is if I recorded something is to tell me the end of it. Y'all like somebody to tell you the end of it without you seeing it? Why? It ruins the whole thing. I mean, I was, hadn't watched a certain bull ride another day and somebody told me who won and i thought, well, alright. But see, he's, but he said, here's the plus to that. You'll be recording that game and all of a sudden that you'll, you'll, somebody will come up and say, did you hear that, we'll just say the Houston Texans won. And he said, so, he said, here's how he looked at it like this. He said, so he goes home. And, he turns that TV on and he starts watching the the Houston Texan game and he starts watching it and he get getting a popcorn, doing all the things he's doing. And, and you know the Texans are behind and they're getting behind. He said, "No worry, I already know the outcome." He said, "They can get as behind as they want, but I already know in advance that they won." I already know the outcome. I already know the score at the end uh from the start. It looks like they're losing. It's looked like they're failing, but I know the end. I know the final result of this thing. I'm telling you what? You need to understand something about your life. The final result is victory in Jesus name, and I'm telling you, God but listen to me. God don't want you to get the victory at the end of your life. He wants you to get the victory right now in your life where you are, and he wants you to have peace in your mind. He wants you to have joy in your heart he wants you to have an abundant life he wants you to enjoy life he wants you to get up in the morning and say this is the day the lord has made i will rejoice and i will be glad in it this is the best day of my life what if you did that you said but what if it ain't well who's who's to tell you it ain't you ain't even got out of bed yet You may be telling yourself it ain't. Well, I just don't want to get up this morning. Well, tough, you got to. Huh? It's like a woman woke her son up one day and she said, son, get out of bed. He said, I don't want to get out of bed. She said, come on, son, we we need to go to church. He He said, I don't want to go to church. And he said, What what did he? There was two reason he. There was two reasons that he didn't want to go. I don't like the people, people, and they don't like me. And she said, "Well, I'm giving you two reasons why you should go to church. You're 40 years old, and you're the pastor. 40 (laughs) 40 years old, and you're the pastor. Well, that's a pretty good reason." I'm here to tell you, I, I like the story of, of Mark Hankins' mother that was in deep depression. And she would sleep with the... She'd be in her house, had all the shades dark. It, how, isn't it crazy when you're getting depressed, you want to be in darkness? They don't want light. They shut the shades, foil the windows, do all that. dark Why? Because the devil works in darkness. Have you ever noticed during the day your kids can be doing fine but at night the fever will rise? I'm telling you, the devil's dark but God is light. And she found out in fact how many's ever read the book by Kenneth e. Hagin on the authority of the believer. That ought to be a must read for every Christian. It should be a must read for every Christian. The Authority of the Believer by Kenneth e. Hagin. And they got that book to her. He preached for, uh, they had a big church, they were pastors. And he got, they got that book into the hand. And B.B. Hankins and, and his wife, that he would read that book and read that book. And they found out their authority. Found out they had authority over the devil. They took their authority. And I'm telling you, she was totally delivered from depression, which she had been dealing with depression for years. And she was delivered from depression. And I'm telling you something, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I guarantee you one thing, there's delivering power for you. There's delivering power for you. You don't have to be bound by those those thoughts in your head. Listen to me. You, I look at it like this. You can forget them and put them behind you if you quit talking about them and quit giving voice to them. Listen, when you start giving voice to what those things, you start causing that to increase in strength in your life. But you can take authority over it. And I'm telling you, Mark Hankins said his mother uh, used to, when they get in church and somebody start preaching, she'd start going, hallelujah, hallelujah, another word. She got, she got delivered, she'd just start running around the church, even in her 80 years old, I think. But here's the thing. If abundant life's available... And it is. Why not have it? Why not have it? Why not enjoy what God's done for us? Just enjoy it. Declare that I'm going to have my best life ever. That's what we've been declaring for 2020. Vision. Dreams. God wants you to have more than enough. So... When the devil starts attacking you, and listen, we we should never never be afraid. We should never live in fear, because God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. You say, but Pastor, what if this happens? Listen, you can't keep living on the what ifs. You got to start making some declarations. Isn't that what we said on the on the of the Wednesday the first? We said this is going to be a year of declaring, a year of declaring. I had a pastor, a minister friend. How many knows Harvey and, and Cherry Randall, the black ministers that comes here? Did y'all enjoy them? Well, I'm, I'm getting them back in June. But here's the deal. He called and asked me, he said, well, what's the Holy Ghost saying to you? What's he declaring to you? And I, I talked about visions such as that. And he said, you know, the Lord, here's what he said. The Lord has been dealing with us about declaring. That's what I preached on. Declaring. Lord's word that God gave him was on declaring. And he talked about Ezekiel. I think it was 37 about the dry bones. He said, son of man, can these bones live? He said, only you know, God. And then God says, prophesy to those bones. Speak to those bones. See, our situations have to have a voice. Declare it over them. And I'm telling you, the greatest voice that can be declared over your situations is yours. I heard, you know, faith faith can move mountains and faith can change situations, but faith won't do anything until it moves you. And the first thing it moves is your mouth. We can't have woe is me. I don't know how we're going to make it and stuff like that. You've got to trust God and say, God's for me. He's not against me. He's on my side. Amen? Don't Give in to the circumstances, situations, and the mindset that the devil wants you to to get hold of. And when you're just in your day, when things come your way, just cast that care on God. And say, God, you're for me, not against me. And I'm going to trust you because I know... Bad things are not from you. So I'm going to trust you for all the good that you have for my life. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, Seth God, thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11. And God wants you to know He's not here for destruction. He's here to better you. Amen. Isn't God good? Father, we love you so much. We thank you so much for your word and... We thank you that you care about us and God, you did never, you've never called us to live a miserable life, but a blessed life. And we have that in Jesus. We thank you for the word of God and God, I pray that you stir up inside of each and every one of us a hunger and a desire to seek you. You said if we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and all the other things we have need of would be added unto us. God, we know that we have to renew our mind to the word of God and, We have to set our affections on things above. That word affection means our minds on things above and not on things of the earth. God, we're going to seek those things which are above the good things. And God, I pray for every single person here tonight. I plead the blood of Jesus over their minds. And God, I pray that those that are having a problem sleeping at night, I pray for your peace to come upon them. You said you'd give your beloved sweet sleep. So God, I claim that for every person here, God, that they won't wake up in the mornings wore out, but totally restful and at peace. I thank you for the healing power of God that comes upon our bodies that causes us to live a long, healthy, satisfied life. We thank you, Father God, that you have provided that for us. You've restored health unto us and healed us of our wounds. So, Father, just lead us, guide us, and direct us by your precious Holy Spirit to say and do the things that would make life better for each and every one of us. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God.